well, I have been watching hardly anything because I was out of town, but I have watched the rest of the episodes of the newest season of Black Mirror, and yeah, that's been so long ago, I don't even remember really what I thought about them. Um, and then I watched a couple more episodes of The Power. I'm almost done with that. I think I'm on the last one, or next last one, and I just gave up. It's really kind of slow. Of course, that's probably my fault for taking like three months to watch nine episodes. But anyway, that's it. Um, what have I watched? Oh, I watched season two of The Bear. I watched a lot of it twice because I watched it with one kid and then we watched it all together. Loved it. Perfection. Chef's kiss all the way around. I think it's my favorite show of the year. I love it. I don't, they're not, it did not hit one bad note for me. I watch, I've watched a bunch of documentaries and it's been a bit since we've talked, so I can't remember them. The only one I have written down is American Gladiators, Muscle and Mayhem. I did watch that on that keeps Netflix. popping up on my Netflix. Yeah. I, I was like, dang, I need to watch that. I don't know if it like shed any light on really anything because, I mean, didn't we all know they were on steroids? Didn't we right. all know? Like, they were just... like <laughs> What? Yeah. So, I don't know. It was kind of fun because I used to love that show. It was on, like, re- really late at night. And I remember watching it with my mom. So, I don't... I don't know. Whatever. It was, like, on Saturday nights, like, after Saturday Night Live, it would come on. But anyways, I finished the other two which is a series that's on hbo max i think it started on comedy central moved to hbo max it was okay i it lost itself along the way there and then i started the horrors of dolores roach on prime i love this one it was a podcast it was like one of those um non-fiction podcasts like a old time radio play kind of thing and it had um god i don't know her name my blanking but she played the original mimi in rent on broadway i can't think of her name but it's her she played Dolores um, in the podcast, but now that it's on Prime and um, it's actually pretty good. I'm like, I'm into it. I, I, I Have you finished ch- it? No, I haven't finished it yet because I, um, every time the kids are around, it's not really good viewing for kids. No. So, so I have like a few, I think I have one or two more episodes to go. It's like a Sweeney Todd. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. And it's, I don't know. I really liked it when I listened to the podcast and I actually kind of like it better as the show, but it's, it's all right. It's not still not my favorite, but it's all right. That's one I'll have to check out because I, I, uh, I am DB'd it or maybe I Wikipedia'd it. I don't know. It sounded good. Yeah, I like the the, the like the podcast had um, Bobby Cannavale in it, and mm-hmm. I he can do no wrong. I love him, so that was a good one. All right. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to That's So Original podcast. I'm Kelly. I am here with my poor old sick friend Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany. Hey. What am I not your poor sick friend? <laughs> I'm always poor. God damn it! Now you're I'm twisting my sick. word. Poor as in what poor Tiffany. She's sick again. I know. Probably from too much cat hair inhalation, and that's <laughs> probably what I'm going to die from. I have probably a giant. Ball of you have a giant hair ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're just going to have to work on hacking that up. Yeah. Anyway, we are back at it today with a new series. We already told you what we're covering. And if you don't know, that means you didn't listen to the last episode and that you suck. But <laughs> I'll tell you anyway, we are doing the second season of Cruel Summer on Freeform slash Hulu. And as you'll recall, we have covered the season one of Cruel Summer 
And this one looks to be just as terrible. So, yay. I'm really, really happy that that girl and her cat, like, came up with another <laughs> reason to... Thank God. ...pound yes. out some more stories for us. Good job. This is amazing. All right. I think I am starting us off. And we get on-screen text, just like we did last season. The events that are about to unfold take place on or around July 15th, 1999, December 15th, 1999, and July 16th, 2000. Okay. Um, July 16th is my birthday. Thank you once again. Cruel summer. <laughs> Yay! Because my birthday is smack middle in the, in the middle of summer. So you're welcome, America, for this Woo! show. Anywho's. Celebrate Tiffany. Come on. So we are opening in summer 1999. There's a snotty little teenager with a ponytail being snotty to her mom. She is mad that some girl named Isabella is going to be all up in her space for the summer. And her mom's like, you guys are totally going to be besties. And this girl, she says, well, I already have Luke. So... I don't know who this girl is. We don't know who Luke is yet. We're going to find out. Hang in there. Her mom wants her to enjoy her senior year. And I was like, so she's gifting her a female BFF. Okay. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is going to make sense later. We'll see. Okay. So in this show, there are three distinct periods, right? So we're going to get three distinct time periods marked by three distinct hairdos for the two main character girls. And also, there's a hue to all of the scenes. Very distinct color palette. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. So cut to winter 1999. And the winter hue, the winter hue is the blue hue, right? I have it written somewhere. Yeah, yep. Now I can't find it. Yeah. So you kind of get a clue that you've switched when the hue of the scene switches. Also, the girl now has her hair down, so you know it's a different time period. The same girl is laying on the couch. She's listening to the top 100 songs on a Y2K countdown. It's playing the Spice Girls hit, Spice Up Your Life, and now we get this girl's name. It's Megan, because another girl comes in, and she's like, oh my god, Megan, look what came, and she holds up an envelope. This other girl is Isabella. She's the one that her mom was being like, hey, here's your best friend for the summer. The envelope is an acceptance letter from the University of Washington. I think that's what she said. Or I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. They squeal and they hug. They're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. She also got like a super exclusive scholarship. Megan tells Isabella that she's so glad that she came. It was the best thing that ever happened to her. And Isabella's like, oh, my God, same. And then they start dancing because you can't not dance to the Spice Girls. I mean, I can't not. I don't know about you guys, but I love them. I went to see them in concert. It was great. It was an outdoor concert, like in a field. Okay. Yeah. I don't even know where it was or who I was with. Wait, I think I do remember who I was with. Uh, I think her name was Sarah. Hi, Sarah. I'm sure you're listening. Anyway, okay. Flash forward to the summer of 2000. This is a green hue, okay? And you can also tell that things are different. The vibes are way off because the music is suddenly very emo. And Megan is wearing heavy eyeliner. Do y'all remember when Jeanette went through her eyeliner Mm -hmm. phase? Yeah. And they've also dropped a bucket of, like, Crisco on her head. Oh, my God. Her hair. Why? What is happening? It's awful. She's click-clacking on a computer because we survived Y2K, you guys. I don't know if you knew that. We did. She hears a door slam outside. It's a sheriff. So she jumps out of the window 
as one does. Why is it that, like, you have to show that somebody's going through something, they have to be super emo? Like, I know. The big wide leg jeans and, like, the silver chokers and the slick back hair. Like, yep. you can be going through something and still have your tomboy overall, jean overalls on, but exactly. whatever. Yeah. So, back to the sunny times. Sugar Ray's every morning is playing. And Megan and her bestie, Luke, are walking at a marina. And he's suggesting that she take the new exchange student on a tour of Chatham. That's the town they live in. She says, no way. She's officially cleared out the airstream for her takeover. They live in Washington. And they are bringing an exchange student to live in an RV in their driveway. <laughs> yes, they are. Well, why? Like, I they, don't they know. They have this giant house. They're like, mm, no. It feels. I bet of- she would like a trailer. It feels kind of racist, and I'm I'm just throwing it out there. It feels I I'm, I don't like it, and I was like, this is cleared through the exchange program because they're usually pretty <laughs> strict about this shit. But okay, but I okay, I have a lot of questions about this exchange program. We will get there. Okay, um, so Megan's telling Luke that her mom thinks she's doing her a favor by importing her a new best friend. And Luke's like, oh, that's my job. I'm the mysterious, fun-loving sidekick. And I was like, are you? I don't think you are. I don't think um, you are either. So Luke is trying to reassure her that this girl's not going to be so bad. It's going to be fine. And Megan's like, well, she's spending her senior year in a foreign country. She obviously has no friends and nothing going on. She's like, why don't we just grab a boat and just never come back? And he's like, oh, you'd miss your computer too much. And I was like, wow, this writing is great. <laughs> So they walk this big, long marina. They walk this all the way to the end of this dock, and they find their friend, Freddie, who is loading up a boat with some other popular kids with beer. And Luke turns to Megan. He's like, aren't you going to come? And I was like, you walked all the way on this dock just to say, no, nah, I'm not going. Like, wh- <laughs> why? She's seen him off. But bon voyage, why? everyone. And so Freddie tells her, because she's most likely to be crowned sober and celibate. <laughs> oh, my God. So, um... Luke is like, well, you want to go out to the island? It's the perfect day to go snorkeling. I was like, in Washington? Yeah, it did not look like a perfect day. Is it this, looked windy and cold. Is this a thing? Like, I don't know. They're acting know. like it's summertime, but it looks really fucking cold to be going on in this water. Yeah. But, um, so Megan tells him, no, she can't go. She has to be home for the big arrival. Otherwise, her mom's going to kill her. And I was like, was she seriously considering not being there when the exchange student arrived? Because I would have <laughs> killed her. I would have killed her. Like, yeah. so rude. So Luke's telling her, this is our last high school summer. Last time to be stupid. Don't let this girl ruin it. Luke offers to blow it off and, like, not go with on the boat. She's like, no, that's stupid. I'll just see you later. So she walks all the way back to her house in her jean overalls because we need to know that she's just this tomboy, fun-loving girl. Goody two-shoes. Sober and celibate. (laughs) That's what they call me during high school, by the way. Oh, okay, same. Um, No, not sober. Let's be honest, not sober. So quick flash to the winter times. And Megan and Luke are in, um, I said flash to Megan and Luke in the shadow times. And the two of them are no no longer best friends because they are holding hands and kissing. And like, woo. And Luke is telling her she's such such a badass. I knew you'd crush that scholarship. And I'm wondering about Luke. Like, he feels like he is not. He feels slimy. Really that into her? Like, I don't know. And he's like, when you're a famous coder, I hope you remember all the little people. And she's like, I keep pinching myself to make sure it's real. And he's like, pinching's my department. And I was like, ew. Oh, ew. I, can just, I just keep picturing that girl with her cat, like, um, petting <laughs> it maniacally, like, in Austin Powers. She's like, ah, pinching. She's like, this is so good. <laughs> this is great. 
So they make out for whatever reason. I don't fucking know. Back in the summer, Debbie, who is Megan's mom, she calls her Debbie. So we're going to call her Debbie too. Because this is very like Jeanette Turner of it all. Um, (laughs) Debbie has set out flowers for this exchange student. And Megan is not having it. She thinks she spent too much money trying to impress a stranger. And I was like, she's also just putting flowers in her house. Why do you care? And Debbie keeps bringing up the fact that this girl's flown thousands of miles to get here. And all of a sudden they're like, she's here. And this is Megan's little, Megan has a little sister named Lily, who, I don't know, she's annoying. We, we haven't gotten there yet. And I was like, wait, they do exchange student delivery now? I thought you picked <laughs> him up at the airport. Like, that's what we do here. So, all of a sudden, the door opens, and we get a very, like, espadrille shoe coming out of this car, and this is Isabella, and she is gorgeous, and she is all bright and sunny and floral prints, and she's got these beautiful little, like, I don't know what's in her hair that like different colored thingies in her hair and she has no accent, nothing. I have no <laughs> idea what girl country this girl is from. Very concerned by this whole thing, but whatever. We'll find it. Okay. So back in summer of 2000, Megan is typing on her computer and she's coding something because you know, she's the coding queen. She takes a tape out of a tape player, grabs her keys and leaves. Now she's in some dark building interrogating this guy about whether he talked And she's like, I know someone did because the sheriff is asking questions. And he's like, well, calm down, bitch. It wasn't me. She shoves the tape out at him. And she's like, it's double now. And he hands her some money and she gives him the tape and then she's gone. So what was that about? We don't know. You know, know, like it was an illegal recording of like Backstreet Boys or something. (laughs) Who coded something to put it on a like a cassette tape? Like that was not a thing. Oh, my God. Uh, so, okay, Isabella's here. She loves the house. She loves the view. She loves the water. This is so great. The little sister, Lily, asks Isabella where she's from. She says she was born in New York, but they left the States when she was six months old, and they've lived all over the place because her parents are diplomats, and they are rich and ignore me. Isabella has a gift that she gave to Debbie, and it's a huge crystal flower vase because, you know, obviously she knew beforehand that Debbie likes to set out flowers. No How did she That's fly this so in? random. Because uh, she probably flew on a private chartered plane because her parents are bajillionaires. Well, why does That's she need I... this exchange program? She's from America. <laughs> I know. I know. And they uh, didn't know where okay. she was from when they got you select the kid to be in your house. They're like, hmm. I don't know where she's from. She could be anybody. What if she's not an exchange student? What if she's just some girl? Anyways, keep going. I don't know. So she hands Lily a gift and it's a necklace and she walks over and hands Megan a gift bag. And it's a, 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 blah, 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 blah. I can talk. It's a suspense novel called Grave Mysteries. Isabella's like, well, your mom told me that you like mysteries. And she's like, uh, yeah, I do. Thanks. A little while later, Megan is washing a car when she decides to do a little light snooping around in the Gulf, uh, I was going to say the Gulf Stream. I got planes on the brain. <laughs> the Airstream. And she goes inside. I literally wrote Gulf Stream. <laughs> Holy shit. Airstream. Isabel is staying in. I don't know what Isabel's doing right now. She's been traveling. She's probably taking a poop. I mean, it's, <laughs> who knows? So she pokes around and she finds a hard disk. I was like, wow, a hard disk. And it's labeled summer 1998. She also finds her passport, which is full of stamps. So this girl has been all over. Isabella comes in and she's like, uh, what the hell are you doing? And Megan's like, uh, 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 I'm sorry. And she just runs out. I was like, wow. She just walks out with zero explanation. Just like, this is what we do in America. (laughs) Are you not uh, used to uh, it? (laughs) 
This is not what it looks like. Actually, it's exactly what it looks like. I was looking through your shit. I'd be so bad if somebody gave my mom this fancy vase, my sister a necklace, and gave me a book like she picked up in the airport. (laughs) I'd be so pissed. Okay. Back in the winter shadow times. I don't know why this part is shadowy. This seems like the happiest times, but whatever. Uh, Yeah, I know. Well, Well, until the end. Until Mm -hmm. the end. So in the winter, Megan says she loves shopping in Isabella's closet. They're all in the in the Airstream, Gulfstream, whatever the fuck it's called. The stream. <laughs> She's trying on all of Isabella's clothes. And she asks if she can wear one of her dresses to Luke's dad's Christmas party. And Isabella hugs her and they look at each other in the mirror. Like, people do this. Do they do this other than t- no. on TV and movies? Okay. Nope. Isabella's like, I've never seen you look so happy. And Megan says, so there's this thing I've been always wanted to do, but I've always been too scared to. And, of course, too practical. And this little says, luckily, I came along and corrupted you. And Megan says, well, now that the pressure's off, I want to do it with you. Right now. Like, right now. And I was like, what is... Okay. Calm down. So, in the 2000 green times, like, green day times, I don't know, Megan is making tea, and little sister Lily is begging her for money. And mom just says, just give it to her. Why is mom on the couch, and she's asking the sister for money? I don't get it. The dynamic in this house is off something wrong with mom she's either sick or pregnant i can't i couldn't figure it out at the end like it was very confusing like there was an ending scene that made me wonder so mom is sitting on the couch and she's like just give her because it's bad enough that they canceled the ocean bloom and i was like so they canceled the festival in town so that means my teenage daughter she gave my other teenage daughter her money okay cool sure she tells her let her have some fun Megan gives her the money and tells Lily to change her shirt because she looks like a slut. And Lily says she'd rather be a slut than a freak like her. And and then Debbie comes in and says, you don't have to be so hard on her. Well, Megan says, well, I'm trying to protect her. If she gets a reputation now, she'll never shake it. And then Megan proceeds to pour out a handful of pills, which are all for her mom. I don't know why. It's never clear, but okay. No, I was like, but clearly she is the parent in this relationship. She calls her mom, Debbie. She's the one doling out money. She's the one sorting the pills into the pill box. She's very worried about finances later as well, so. Yes, this dynamic is interesting. So back in the summer bright times, Debbie is once again talking about how Isabella is a thousand miles from home and nervous. Megan says, she's never been nervous. She was born cool, mom. Not like me and my overalls. I'm just so normal. Megan tells her, well, I'm not changing my routine for her. I have to stop at the restaurant and pick up cables for my computer, and then I'm meeting Luke at the Bloom. So Debbie suggests she takes Isabella with her, and Isabella just, like, pops up like like she's been standing in the doorway just waiting for this whole time. She has her purse, and she's ready to go, even though there was never an invitation. She was just waiting there for somebody to say her name, like, hi. So they get in Megan's little weird convertible, and they start driving down these windy roads in this like island paradise that is washington i guess i don't know and megan asks isabella why she picked chatham and isabella explains that she never spent any real time in the united states and um she had read megan's mom's letter and it was so lovely and it felt like she would be really welcomed here and she's like i wanted to live in a small town be part of a community and have the normal high school experience you see in the movies and that's when megan's like i hope you're not disappointed this is like a very small place and everyone knows everything about you and isabella's like that's nice right Megan's like, yeah, until you do something stupid in fourth grade and people remind you of it for the rest of your life. And I was like, okay, Megan peed on the slide. <laughs> Megan totally peed on the slide. <laughs> or she's a kid that pooped her pants in like in kindergarten and everybody reminds her about it forever. Like when Megan O'Connor peed her pants in the second of grade. Yeah. Yeah. We see you, Megan. You were not that mm. cool. Anywho's. Okay. <laughs> 
Oh boy. Okay, so winter times, blue times, Megan and Isabella are walking on the rocks beside the water. So this is the thing that Megan's wanted to do forever, but she was too scared. They toast to being best friends, and Megan tells Isabella that she never wants her to leave, and then they strip, and they make out. Just kidding. They strip, and they jump off the cliff while holding hands, but not before agreeing that they are ride or die, and they were like, ride or die, and I was like, I bet that comes back, and that's what I read. In the year 2000, in the emo times, Megan is, I don't know, going around the community of Chatham spreading joy. She <laughs> <laughs> She's walking, like, along the, the docks, and the sheriff car goes by, like, 90 miles an hour, like, down the street from her. Sirens are blaring. We don't know what that's about yet. She stops to look at this cork board that's up on the side of this building, and there's a missing poster, but the bottom part is ripped off. This girl walks up to her and just randomly, and she's like, none of this would have happened if she hadn't come to town. Megan says, I think about that all the time. And then she just walks away because people on TV shows, they never just like end a conversation. They just walk away from it. Can I just start doing that? I'm gonna. It's like the Irish goodbye. That sounds great. Yeah. That that sounds, but like blatant. (laughs) Yeah. Well, It's it's, it's very obvious that this missing person poster, the picture is ripped off. So we don't know who's missing. We can only speculate. And the girl's name is Parker because she comes back later and is introduced as Parker. Right. So back in the happy times, summer 1999, uh, Megan and Isabella, you know, going around town doing Megan's to-do list. And she walks into a bar, which I guess is where Megan works or a bar, restaurant, who knows. She's there to pick up her check. Isabella immediately starts flirting with the bartender, badly flirting with the bartender. This dude, whoever he is, tells Megan that Kim is going to take over her shifts that weekend and she can work Monday and Tuesday. And Megan is super annoyed because she says the tips are better during the weekend, which is true. And she needs the money for college applications. This is obviously before we know that she gets into the University of Washington. And she says he only gives Kim the good shifts because she flirts with him. And he's like, I mean, yeah. So she just takes her check and leaves. You know, she does another blatant Irish goodbye. Outside, Isabella asks Megan where she wants to go to college. She says, U of W, UW. She tells her about that full ride scholarship for computer science majors that she really hopes that she gets. And then Megan asks what Isabella's into. And Isabella says, school has never really been her thing. She's more a student of life. Mm, She's failing. And she's failing. She sucks. I'm also a student of life and I am not making the honor roll. (laughs) Okay, in the winter, Megan just is, like, randomly walking through her house, and apparently everyone is just greeting her with, like, oh my god, you got this scholarship, I don't know. So, Mom Debbie is so proud of her. She's the first Landry woman to go to college, and she wishes she had Megan's drive and focus. And Megan's like, oh, no, no, you're great. <laughs> you're totally great. I couldn't have done this without you. But she also catches sight of a bunch of past due bills that are sitting on the counter and says, um, well, I'm at school. I'll totally get a job, so I'll be able to help out. Mom says, no, I want you to enjoy college. Let me be the adult for a change. And then the mom just, like, leaves and or goes to leave for work, and Megan hands her her brown paper bag lunch, like, oh, you silly. You just couldn't live without me. Ew. So back in the summer times, Isabella decided to be in one place for a change. Megan says, well, you can see everything you could, you need to see here in one day. My friend Luke's dad owns most of the businesses around here. So if you're not working for him, there is no real future besides waiting tables. That's why I'm trying to get out of here. 
And she says that she wants to go to Silicon Valley and work for Apple or Yahoo, you know, the biggest ones out there. Mm-hmm. And there, there's this big, huge sign for this Ocean Bloom Festival. Megan tells Isabella, keep your expectations low and you won't be disappointed. Isabella tells her, I live in the now. It's very liberating. You should try it. And I was like, oh, she's too cool for school. Yeah. Meanwhile, Luke is climbing out of a police car because he and the sheriff are best friends, besties. They've got matching necklaces. And the cop's telling him there's lots of opportunities for him out there. And his dad is a reasonable guy. And he'll come around. This is when Megan spots him and starts hollering, Luke! And I'm like, he's, he's talking to an adult. Calm down. He's literally right there, too. Just wait. So Luke turns around and he sees Megan with Isabel. And he's like, oh, looks like it's, well, it's going well. You haven't thrown her in the lake yet. And I'm, I was like, how do you know she hasn't? <laughs> And Megan's like, well, it's not going that great. And he's like, what did you, she catch you going through her stuff or something? And Megan's like, uh, kind of. <laughs> Luke's like, I was kidding. Megan's like, I wasn't. It was <laughs> awkward. So Luke introduces himself to Isabella and she asks if he just got arrested because that's super hot. And he says, no, he's doing the high school law enforcement thing that his dad thinks builds character. And she says, does it? And he says, well, drunk tourists have some educational stories. And she's like, having been one, I couldn't agree more. Okay, so Isabella, we've we've figured it out. She's a party girl. Student of life and all that. Oh, yeah. Luke tells her, well, there's nothing wrong with the occasional vice. And Megan says, unless it's an empty stomach and a Zodiac full of Zima. What's a Zodiac? I, uh, Zodiac. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I've had a stomach full of Zima. I've often, not recently, probably in the last 25 years, but at one point in my life, that was a common occurrence. That was my drink of choice. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Did yummy. you put a Jolly Rancher? I did not. I, I did oh, not know that, that was, was a thing. That was our big thing. Like, we actually thought that that imparted some flavor to the Zima. Oh, the I, Zima's great. It doesn't need any extra. I thought but. it tasted like Sprite that got you drunk. Yes. Because yep. I used to drink it with my roommates who were always on a diet. And that was like our drink because it was, I don't know, low calorie or whatever. Whatever. So, um, Luke asked Isabella, has Megan told you about the bloom? And apparently every summer there's a bioluminescence of the water for a few days. And the town turns this natural wonder into an opportunity to sell snow cones and glow sticks. And Isabella's like, it sounds fun. So she smiles at Luke and Megan is not having it. Like, how dare you smile at my friend? He can only have one friend and it's me. Well, I mean, that's what she literally said at the beginning. She was like, "Uh, I already have a friend, like. Uh, how many do I need? I immediately thought of that meme from Freaks and Geeks. It's like, I already have two friends. I don't need any more friends. <laughs> I often feel that way. Okay. In 2000, Megan is at the pharmacy picking up medication for her mom. The couple behind them, or behind her, is talking about how a fisherman found a body in the lake. And Megan's face is like, oh, shit. So she grabs the meds real quick. And now she is driving through the woods. Just through the woods. uh, No road. Just through the woods. 90 miles an hour. Just through the woods. She gets out of the car. And when she does, some stuff from the car falls on the ground. And one of the things that falls out is Isabella's California driver's license. Hmm. Okay. I uh, thought she wasn't in the United States very much. Mm-hmm. So she tosses it back in the car, runs inside. Then she's on the floor scrubbing the shit out of this one particular spot and looking like she is going to vomit. Now we are in a huge office and we're back uh, assuming in the summer happy times because the lighting, you know, suggests as much. And this is some guy who is clearly very important. Spoiler alert, this is Luke's dad. 
Debbie walks in and she's talking about the Northland project and how risky it is. And he's like, okay, but I'm still going to do it. It will bring in business year round. It'd be great for the town. And apparently these two, like, you know, their kids are best friends. And so they've known each other forever. Their kids have grown up together and they're there's like a picture of the two of them and they're like oh I can't believe how fast time has flown I can't believe our kids are seniors and he takes a phone call while she's just standing there awkwardly and so she just Irish goodbyes in the winter now I I just started calling them mom and dad at this point because you know they are mom deb mom debbie dad luke no dad I don't know if we ever got his name name? yeah Yeah, I don't know if we we did either anyway they meet by a marina and they're talking again about this Northland and the investors and how they're getting cold feet. And she suggests getting new investors. I was like, oh my God, give this woman a raise. I mean, new investors, groundbreaking. He's like, I mean, duh, but we don't actually have time for that. And now they're flirting. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. And oh, okay, now they're kissing. And so now I think I maybe have a little bit of an idea what's happening. <laughs> Took you long enough. <laughs> Oh, look, I'm slow. In back in 799, Luke and Isabella and Megan, they're walking through town. Luke is telling Isabella a story about something that's probably really boring and stupid, but she is Miss Liv in the moment, so she is here for it. She's so into him. They run into the boat buddies that, you know, she didn't want to go out with, and Luke introduces Isabella to everyone. One of them is his brother. I can't remember what his name is. Brent. Should have known that. I hate Brent's. These children are 17 and clearly all alcoholics. There's this girl draped around the brother, and she's like, I think I need a drink. That's Parker. That is Parker. Parker. Parker's probably had about 12, but she needs a drink. So the rest of them are all standing there, drinks in hand, and they go around the little circle they have formed, and they introduce themselves. One of the guys, Jeff, is filming this with his video camera. It's like a handy cam. I had that same video camera. He tells Isabella that she couldn't have asked for a better host than Megan. And I'm like, really? I thought they all thought Megan was a square, but Uh, sure. But Jeff lingers a little too long with his camera on Megan's face. And he's very, very, thinks Megan's wonderful. Jeff is the only other person of color on this show. It's okay. Why is there always just like there's the random black friend? Remember, there's a random black friend in in the season one. I don't know. Just, oh yeah, like, yeah. There's not much diversity on these shows, apparently. No, not on Freeform. Okay, so in the winter time, Megan and Luke are making out and getting undressed. I don't know where they're at. I thought they were in the the cabin that she was scrubbing the floor of, but I don't know if that's the case. And when they hear a gunshot and then another, so they freak out and they run outside. And there's a di- guy outside, like up on this little hill, just shooting guns out into the night. And Luke calls him a freak. And Megan says, that freak was employee number 12 at Apple. And I was like, okay, who is number 10? I want to know. <laughs> Apparently he's worth millions. And he's been telling everyone at the hardware store that the world is going to end on Y2K. And then, so Luke's like, oh, let's go back inside and have sex. So he storms <laughs> off inside and Megan is still watching the guy. And he sees her watching and he walks away because he's a grown man and she's a girl in her bra. So, anyways, back in the gritty 2000s, Megan is stuck in traffic, and she can see boats in the water, and an ambulance drives by, so she just decides to just jump out of her car and run towards the water, because that's what one does. Sure, just leave your car. It's fine. Back in the winter again, Luke, which, what is this time, what is this time frame? Because 
we had the, like, she wanted to wear the dress to the party, then they're having sex, now they're at the party. So is it this all the same day? I'm confused. Because it was my I time. guess. I don't know. In the winter, Luke's dad is having his annual Christmas party. Debbie comes in and kisses him, and they are all smiles. He says the Northland investors are coming, so he pulled out all the stops for this fabulous party. And Debbie notices Luke and Megan together outside and says, oh, aren't they adorable? And he, the dad says, no, that's just puppy love. And she's like, well, I think it's deeper than that. I think that they should get married and have 100 children at 17. Dad wants them to ha- says they have their entire future ahead of them, too young to get tied down. And I feel like, like, where is, like, Megan's dad? I feel like he's Megan's dad. Like, this dude is Megan's dad. We just don't know it yet. Theories. Anyways, outside of this party, Jeff has his camera again, and he's recording Megan say, Happy Holidays! And Isabella handing out drinks, and she's telling the friends that the bartender goes to school with Brett. He's really cool and smoking hot, so she's going to go hang out at the bar for the night. And Luke's like, that guy does not stand a chance. And Megan's like, she's pretty irresistible when she wants something. So they, like, kiss some more, and Jeff shoots them a look, like, and walks away. I was like, Jeff has got the unrequited love. You're right. Yep, Jeff loves Megan. In the summertime, Isabella and Megan are at the bloom thing. So it's night, and the water's glowing, and everybody's drinking. It's great. Isabella asks how long she and Luke have been dating, and Megan's like, ha, 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 no, it's not like that. He's practically my brother. So they meet up with Luke and the underage drinking mafia, which is what I call them, (laughs) who immediately hand Isabella a drink and she can't chug it fast enough because, you know, student life. Megan, however, does not drink. And then Luke says he has tried to corrupt her so many times, but she's too much of a control freak. And Megan says, plus you drunk assholes need a designated driver. And they're like, ooh, touche. You're right. At the Christmas party, for some reason, the high school principal is here. Yeah, like, hey, so random. Principal so-and-so. She tells Luke that his dad was just telling her how excited he was for Luke to be following in his and his brother's footsteps at Branson. And Luke says, it's the Chamber's way. Dad says Branson has a great business program. He's going to love it. And Luke's face says absolutely otherwise. The adults walk away, and Luke tells Megan about how he really doesn't want to be in the business program, but he can't tell his dad that. And she's like, well, I'll support you whatever you want to do. And he's like, I love you. And obviously, it's for the first time because she immediately freaks out. And she's like, I love you, too. Isabella comes back over from flirting with the bartender, and she says he may be the dumbest guy I've ever met, but I'm still going to sleep with him. So don't wait up. Bye. Back to the bloom. Megan is standing alone by the drinks that she doesn't drink. Luke runs over and he's totally out of breath. Like he was just right over there and he's ran right there. And he's like, hey, Isabella is so great. And she's fitting in just fine. I mean, look at her down there on the beach hanging out with everyone while you're standing up here like a loser. What? I didn't say that. (laughs) Megan's like, whatever. She's fine. I just don't see us ever being friends. Quick cut to winter, and Isabella and Megan are dancing to La Vida Loca and singing it very loudly while their friends circle them and cheer for some reason. I don't, I don't understand. What this is at this Christmas party, so I would be irritated if my kids were there doing this. I would be like, turn that shit on. I've got investors here and the exactly. God. So back in the summertime, Isabella comes over and sits by like lump on a bump Megan and asks if she and Luke aren't a thing. Would it be okay? Wait if- a minute. You what? missed my favorite part. What? I said at, at the glow party at the beach, Megan sadly cracks a glow stick. I didn't even know that you could sadly crack a glow stick. She's like, ah. Snap. <laughs> yeah. Well, Isabel wants to know, since Megan and Luke aren't a thing, 
if she would be okay if she hooked up with him. And Megan says, yeah, totally, yeah, totally fine. I'm not mad at all. And he's, she's like, Liz Buzzle says, well, he might have not even been interested, but whatever, I'm still going to totally, like, put my hands all over him. So she runs over to Luke, and Megan watches while they walk together, and Isabella has her hands all over him. Huh? And then back, quick flash to the back to the winter times, and we see Isabella and Luke laughing together, and Megan smiles like, oh, my two besties, aren't they cute together? Back in the 2000s, in the dark and dismal times, Megan is breathing really hard because she ran all the way down this road. Like, it was seriously a block. And she's watching as they pull a body out of the water. It's someone with a perfectly squared head. I just want you to know. Because I was like, what? What's happening? Did, did they put a box on this person's head? I'm so confused. The cop that was with Luke earlier is overseeing all this. So he must be the sheriff. And hmm. Megan starts breathing hard. Like, oh my god. She's like Luke where he just had to run across that three feet of beach. It's, it's rough. So in the summer, Megan drives Isabella home. And she goes to walk inside while, you know, Isabella turns to her homelessness in the driveway to the RV. <laughs> And Megan says, hey, by the way, sorry about going through your stuff. Isabella just stares at her and they separate. And I was like, this is for return from earlier when you're like, what are you doing with my stuff? And she just stared at her and walked away. Like, okay, we're just <laughs> returning that favor. Okay. Sure. Oh, God. Okay, so back at the Christmas party, Dad calls everyone's attention. He's like, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. Me and my late wife, we started throwing these parties when Brent and Luke were babies. And now Luke is going to Branson. Yay. Applause from the audience. So it's tradition to watch a Christmas movie. So go get yourself some drinks and some food and just sit down and enjoy. This was Jane's favorite. Jane has questionable tastes in movie if this was Jane's movie. I know. So, I was like, ooh, Jane. <laughs> Jane. So the movie starts playing, and it is not Miracle on 34th Street, you guys. It is a sex tape of Isabella and Luke. I was like, wow, what a party. These people know how to turn it on. So Dad starts yelling at Luke, turn it off, turn it off. And Luke runs over, and he ejects the tape. And I was like, if you don't know what that means, Google it. He ejected the tape. Megan is horrified. Someone whispers to Isabella, some best friend you are. Even the mom looks upset. Megan runs out of the house while Isabella and Luke chase after her. And she's like, I don't want to die to either of you. And then she leaves. I think it was really funny. She go to storm out of the house and the sheriff opened the door for her. Like, here you go. And let her out, <laughs> run out the, into the night. Like, Yeah, that was super awkward, babe. In the year 2000, Megan is still loitering around this crime scene. While they roll a stretcher up the dock with this body bag on it, the dad shows up and he shoves the sheriff out of the way and he unzips the body bag and confirms that it is Luke. They zip him back up and continue to roll him away. As Megan is standing there, Isabella walks up beside her looking rough, rough, and says, we have to get our story straight. Like, doesn't even whisper it, just with all these people around, just like, we have to get our story straight. There's 25 people there. I'm like, you couldn't, you know, whisper that at all or pass a note. No. The end. Even the weird apple guy is there. Like, Megan looks at, looks him in the eye like, oh, you see, okay, that's body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have so many, like, okay, so this is when, like, Debbie is there and she kind of looks pregnant. Like, she puts her hand on her belly like she's oh, pregnant. Oh, I completely like, missed that. It doesn't pan down low enough. She kind of puts it at her waist. So, I don't know if, like, she's pregnant or she's sick. I don't know what. She's pregnant. Why is she taking so many pills? Like, I have questions. But yeah. I feel like the dad and her, like, they are not together anymore. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. But I have theories. I have lots of theories. Okay. So let's see if any of them pan out. Ooh, well, tell me some. I think one, one theory is that the sex tape between 
um, Luke and Isabella was not a sex tape. I think maybe it might have been a rape or a sexual assault. <gasps> Oh. And then he was recording it and then used it as some kind of something against her. Like, I will tell, I will tell Megan. Leverage. Yeah. And I, okay, let's all, let's come to this conclusion real fast that Jeff put this tape in, right? We all are well aware of that, that this mm-hmm. was Jeff of because course. he had to show, because he, he loves her so much. Right. Or, or even if she was having some kind of thing with Luke and then, you know, this, and then Megan had been having a thing with Luke that they decided together to like kill him because he's garbage. Maybe he's having mm-hmm. a thing with like everybody. I don't know, but that's my thought is like maybe he did something to Isabella and they're like, we, we got to, Earl's got to die. We got to take care of him. And they put him on right. the boat. Oh, dude, that makes sense. Those are my thoughts. All right. I don't know. I think, I think weird apple guy is a red herring. I don't think he's anything. I don't know. I didn't, I did not call it on last year's Cruel Summer. <laughs> I did not get that at all. So I'm just curious to see. This girl and her cat, they're shifty. They're shifty. They come mm-hmm. up with some things that make no sense. So. They do. Yep. So we'll just have to see. We're just dipping our toe in for the moment. All right. Well, if you want to tell us, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh. I'm going to tell you my favorite Christmas movie, and it is Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas <laughs> Ever. And I fucking love that movie. I watch it multiple times. Every Christmas and sometimes when it's not Christmas because it is so funny. I've never seen it. Um, <sighs> mine, like, hardcore Christmas, like, Christmas movie is A Christmas Story because when they used to play it on, like, TNT and TBS for 24 hours from Christmas Eve to Christmas, I would watch it, like, six times. And I remember seeing it in the theater, I think, when it came out. I remember seeing it when I was really little. So I just love it. And then also, the first time I watched it, I hated it, but it's grown on me over the years that if Christmas comes around and I haven't watched it, it makes me sad, is Elf. I love Elf. I just, do love Elf. I'm not a, even a huge Will Ferrell fan other than Step Brothers, but Elf just hits me in all the right places. Oh, uh, what's the movie about the where they make the adult frat? Oh, uh, Old School. Old School. That's my favorite Will Fer- Ferrell movie. I freaking love that. What are your thoughts on Home Alone? I like it. I like it. I mean, I don't, I know it's a Christmas movie, but it's not like, oh, I gotta watch Home Alone, it's Christmas. That's not, no, that's not my thing, but I like Home Alone. I I saw that in the theater when I was little, too. My parents were, like, big proponents of, like, let's go to the midnight movie on a Saturday. I was just getting ready to say, like, they never went to the movie. Oh, Saturday, like, my Saturday night, and I think that's probably why I go to the movie so much with my kids. It's, like, Saturday night, midnight movie. They'd always have one that started at 11.59. And then you watch it, like, be there until, like, 2 and 3 in the morning. My parents would take me to that, like, all the time. I saw White Men Can't Jump with my parents <laughs> at the midnight movies. Wow. I know, right? I know. And there's, like, there's a lot of stuff in the movie that I should not have been watching. Oh, and, um, what's the other one? The, um, the Spike Lee one, the, uh, oh, what is that one? Boys. Not that not one. Boys in the Hood. The other one, the, um, with, with Mookie, is that his name? And the big, the big like thing at the like the 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 Italian guys and then the black guys and they fight. And I can't think. Of, oh my god, do the right thing. Is that it? Do the right thing. Maybe I've been there. I haven't seen it. If that's what. Yeah, it is. I think it's do the right thing. That that one I saw too. And there's a lot of nakedness in both of those movies that I had to watch with my parents at the midnight movies. Thank you very much. Oh God. Yeah, a lot of naked Rosie Perez. I mean, I can only do Bless so much. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tell us your favorite movie, Christmas movie. I mean, tell us your favorite movie, whatever. Just tell us something. And you can tell us these things, anything, in so many different places, like where, Tiffany? You can go to our website at thatsoriginalpodcast.com. You can send us an email. Let us know your favorite Christmas movies. Maybe it's a cartoon. Maybe it's the Grinch. I don't know. At thatsoriginalpodcast at gmail.com. 
like us and follow us and be our friends on Facebook and Instagram. Check out our amazing memes. They're incredible at That's So Original Podcast. You can go on Twitter at That's So Pod. You can like us and follow us on iTunes. Which one's not a thing anymore? Stitcher? Stitcher not a Stitcher. thing? But you yep. can go on Spotify. We're on there or any other place that you have the the uh, podcasts and say hi. We we're, we don't bite. I mean, unless you're yeah. into that, I guess. I don't unless know. Unless you want that. Yeah, sure. Mm, whatever. But be our friend. Yeah. Oh, and I'm breaking procedure because I forgot about this, but I did watch a movie. It is on Amazon. It is called A Wing and a Prayer. It's a true story. Well, it's based on a true story about this guy who was flying back from his brother's funeral. He he was a pilot, but he was not like he just flew little planes like Cessnas. And he's on this big chartered plane with he and his family and the pilot dies. And then he has to figure out how to land the plane and save his family. Dennis Quaid plays the dad and Heather Graham plays the mom and oh my god we watched this like mystery science theater 3000 and just laughed our butts off it's not supposed to be a funny movie but it was check it out that's, that's I think that's one, another one of those religious ones like that new yes it is Henry Caviezel one that's out that everybody's like getting up in yeah. arms about the, the whole yeah. there was some well it, there was a lot of praying in it mm. and the worst southern accents that i have heard in a minute i mean if anything with heather graham is questionable at best because <laughs> we had to look up the age difference because we were like okay heather graham and dennis quaid and they're only 16 years apart I thought it would be more than that, but we were Heather Graham is fifty two or fifty three, and wow. we were like, "Holy shit, Heather Graham is fifty three Yeah, I thought he was like in his sixties, but yeah. yes, he's like sixty nine. I think is what it was. Sixty nine. Anyways, sixty nine. Dennis Quaid gets him. Okay. Anyway, that's it. So uh, talk to us. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.